To what's this Dao all about? A lighthearted look at Taoism featuring Dr. Carl Totten and Todd Perry. Carl is the founder of the Taoist Institute in North Hollywood, California. Todd Perry knows a little about Taoism and is mainly here because he owns a few microphones. Now, let's learn what's this Dao all about. Everybody and welcome back to What's This Dow All About? My name is Todd Perry, along with CJO, Dr. Carl Totten. Hello, hello, hello. And we're back. And uh, much like the Dow, we are returning uh, to the world of pod. And uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about day or duh, or h- however, uh, we'll go with however uh, Dr. Carl would like to uh, pronounce it. We're going to have a conversation about that. We're going to talk about the basic kind of, um, well, really, what is this Tao all about? Like what, you know, the essence of the Tao. And then we are going to end with a uh, chapter from the Tao Te Ching. But before we begin that, uh, I have a book recommendation. Uh, it's a book called 10% Happier by a guy named Dan Harris, who is a ABC News I think he's he's bounced all around. He's been like Good Morning America host. He's been Nightline host. Yeah. His name's Dan. If you saw his picture of him, you go, oh, that guy. And so I read his book called 10% Happier, and it's pretty great how he was a kind of hard-charging newsman who was covering the Iraq war and was just kind of his life was dedicated to getting getting on air, getting his stories on air. And eventually he... Is he the one who had that on-air kind of meltdown? Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and eventually he came back from the war. He came back from being a war correspondent. And because he almost had like a PTSD or something from being in that war environment, there was so, there was so much hyper... Uh, just being in war made him so hyped up and everything all the time that when he came back, he was almost like a come down. So he started using a lot of cocaine to yeah, try he had, to... Yeah, he had like a panic attack. yeah. And that led to him having a panic attack on air. And that was because from the adrenaline in the brain caused by the drugs that he was taking, eventually he kind of melted down. And so it kind of leads up to him having this meltdown. And that meltdown kind of triggered something in him to find, to, to find you know, some kind of meaning or some way of controlling his mind. And he goes on this journey and starts you know, getting into Eckhart Tolle and then Deepak Chopra, and all these people. But he's very kind of cynical in his views of a lot of spirituality. Mm-hmm. But, it, but the things that he finds that works, he is blown away by. And he, he kind of becomes a, uh, very, uh, very into Buddhism at a certain point. Mm-hmm. But he becomes a hardcore meditator from going from a cynic to hardcore meditator. Now he does a podcast, which is really great, um, called 10% Happier, which has had some good guests on it. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so there's a section in the book uh, where he talks about meditation and how how to meditate. And it, I found it to be just a wonderfully simple little passage and one that I refer to as part of my practice. So I just wanted to read it. 
So the instructions were reassuringly simple. One, sit comfortably. You don't have to be cross-legged. Plop yourself in a chair, on a cushion, on the floor, wherever. Just make sure your spine is reasonably straight. Two, feel the sensations of your breath as it goes in and out. Pick a spot, nostrils, chest, or gut. Focus your attention there and really try to feel the breath. If it helps to direct your attention, you can use soft mental note, in and out. Number three, this one, according to all the books I've read, was the biggie. Whenever your attention wanders, just forgive yourself. Very important. Forgive yourself. Don't beat yourself up. And gently come back to the breath. You don't need to, be, you don't need to clear the mind of all thinking. That's pretty much impossible. The whole game is to catch your mind wandering and then come back to the breath over and over again. And so that was his description of uh, meditation and how to meditate. I thought it was really, really beautiful. Yeah, not bad at all. Not bad at all. And uh, I'm, I'm glad it helped him. Um, you know, when you get into that hypervigilant state, you know, where the stress response has been triggered, yeah. uh, it's very, very difficult to relax. Worse... You know, your, your base, you know, where you are at, at ground level, kind of every day, moment by moment, rises. Yeah. So that you're activated almost all the time now. And you can get, you can rarely get to the point where you truly have let go and really are relaxing. Yeah. And um, that, it really constricts your life because now you're always agitated. Right. At some level. You're always ad- you're either less agitated or more agitated, but you're never calm. <laughs> yeah, you're in a heightened state constantly. You're, you're uh, fright or yeah. flight, you know. Yeah, I, I recently, as you know, I wrote a book on that. <laughs> yeah, right. A book on internal, uh, internal stress release. Mm-hmm. And um, I, my, a lot of my practice as a psychologist is working with people who are in highly stressed states of body and mind. And as a result, of course, they've gotten into uh, categories of mental, emotional, and physical illness, of dis- dis-ease, yeah. <laughs> literal dis-ease. Yeah. And um, my task as a therapist is to literally teach them how to do something different, yeah. how to perceive their mind in a different way and their body and their breath in a different way. Yeah. And uh, it's, actually, it's very effective, but they don't know how, you know. Right. But who would know unless, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and often it's, it's the illness, it's the extreme that triggers in us wanting to return to the source, mm-hmm. wanting to go to return to the one, to go back to balance. Yeah. And, and Harris's book is, is all about that. And um, also there's a, there's a great point in one of his podcasts I was listening to the other day. He had a, a doctor – and the doctor uses um, like kind of meditation and Buddhist teachings combined with um, you know scientific studies on addiction and stuff mm-hmm. to stop people who are addicts. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty. He was talking, and I think you've mentioned this before, but they're talking about meditation in the brain regions. And basically, meditation. And I wrote this down. Meditation takes you out of the default mode network. Mm-hmm. The posterior cingulate cortex, mm-hmm. where our ruminations, beating oneself up, and all of that occurs. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed this just complete. Now I know. Now I know what it is. I understand what's happening inside of my mind. Mm-hmm. But it's it's totally true. Before meditation, or if I don't meditate, eventually your 
my mind would default into this rumination things where you're, whatever happened with blah, 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 or who's that person that's getting on my nerves, or <laughs> what, and start feeling negative, or I start feeling guilty, or I get into this kind of gutter, I call it the gutter mind. <laughs> it's actually your limbic brain. Yeah, it's that true that. That emotional brain, yeah. you know, where, where everything takes on this kind of negative tone. Yeah. And everything is filtered through that. Yeah. It's like you've put on, uh, the, you know, gray colored glasses and everything you see now turns gray. Yeah. No matter what color it really is, all you see is the gray. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's almost like it's something to, pr you know, protect you if you're, you know, walking through the jungle and you're eaten by an elephant or something years ago, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. But it has no use for me on the 405 at 7 in the morning. <laughs> no. So I, I found that actually meditation makes a it, it, it frequent meditation keeps our brain out of that yes. and up in the kind of more recently evolved parts right like your the, the your front your but you know about this 10 times more than yes. i do but the, like the front of your brain and puts your whole personality and your whole mind in the you're literally in your right mind yes after frequent meditation instead of going to that place and i'm just thinking how many days did i waste how much time did i waste in that kind of mucky part of my own mind, hanging out in a bad neighborhood in my mind. <laughs> there are people who spend their entire lifetime in there. Yeah, God. and you can, get, you can get out of it, you know. <laughs> but, but they don't know how, and they don't know it's possible. Right. You know, because remember, they're, they're seeing the world through those gray-colored glasses. They think, hey, the world's just gray. Right. And, and when the world looks gray, it's very easy to start doing what? Blaming, right? Right. Projecting, right? Well, it's the world. It's other people. It's other things. It's other. It, it's the other. Right. <laughs> yeah. To demonize the other, uh, because we can't. We don't have the capacity to solve these issues for ourselves, and so it's a lot easier to blame other people right. or other situations for our own. It is a way of absolving ourselves of responsibility, and it's a way of escaping our freedom. Which, right. of course, I think is most important to claim our freedom. Right, right, yes. So, yeah, it was, it's great knowing just like the biological stuff that's going on out, out, outside of it. And then, you know, it helps you again better define things. I'm not saying I've reached some point where I'm perfect in any way. But uh, as this book would say, 10%. <laughs> Maybe. I, I'm, I'm like 24% better, honestly. If I had to just pinpoint it. But, um, yeah, so that was really... Um, fantastic read so and also you know check out dan harris's podcast if you're into this kind of stuff uh i like it because people ask me you know emails they'll say oh what what you know what podcast do you listen to on this kind of stuff and i'm mm -hmm. say there's not not much i like actually but i do like uh some of the stuff i've heard him uh discuss so now we're going to get into a discussion of day or duh like we talked about it before on the show and i think we left a lot on the table i think we left a lot of there's a lot of chips on the table we didn't get to. So, um, Dr. Carl Totten, please explain day. Yeah, well, we talk about the Tao Te Ching or Tao Te Ching. Day. What is this? What's this day? What's this duh all about? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what we're going to call this episode. What's, What's this, this day, day, all about? day all about? Well, you know, the word uh, duh or day is one of the most mysterious in the Taoist vocabulary. Uh, you know, they're, they're, in fact, there's a, there's a page called uh, DaoPage.org where they ask this question, what is day? <laughs> it appears in the title of Lao Tzu's book, The Tao Te Ching. 
Um, James Legge, in his tra uh, translation of that book, translates the title as the classic about Tao and its characteristics. <laughs> Therefore, day should be rendered as characteristics or features. And these characteristics are seen in relation with the Tao. Um, another author, Julian Pass, wrote that day is the inner and outer power bestowed on each being by Tao, are all the qualities of action inherent in the nature of each being which gives each being a way to maintain itself, to grow and flourish. That's from the historical dictionary of Taoism. Oh. In Shambhala dictionary on Taoism, day represents Tao's energy, or the qualities or nature received by every living being or thing from Tao. And in philosophical Taoism, it said that day is the virtue or power inherent in a person or thing existing in harmony with the Tao. So I often think of day or da as when we have returned to the source, when we are imminent in our manifestation of the Tao, when we are in the flow of the stream, all of who and what we are have been and could be <laughs> in this moment coalesces into power, mm -hmm. into manifestation, into coherence. And coherence to me means alignment. It's, it's when all of the forces are aligned in such a way that we can actually have an effect on this environment that we are a part of. You know, because we are all part of the Tao. Right. But some people, because they don't realize that or they feel disconnected from the Tao and therefore disconnected from themselves, keep struggling over and over and over to try to do something, to build something, to make something of themselves, to accomplish something. It's always out there beyond, just beyond arm's reach, yeah. and they can't quite ever manifest it. Right. <laughs> and and the, the harder they strive and try, the least effective they seem to be. Or worse, they get what they think they want, and it, it, it isn't what they expected at all. Right. And then they're still dissatisfied. Right. See, so there's never enough. They're, they're in this perpetual state of dissatisfaction. Uh. Da, or day means being fully potentiated because we are aligned with our inner nature, which is aligned with the Tao. And then effortlessly, effortlessly, we accomplish everything that's within our nature to do so. Right. That's de. So it's <laughs> That's it, it. So, yeah, so it's kind of the, when, when, you, when you're keeping to the one, yes. right? You're, you're, you're keeping to the one, you're keeping to the Tao, and then all of the actions that come through that, that come through that kind of perfect art. Yes. Right, of, it's kind of the practice of the Tao, right? Uh, yeah, like I mentioned, it's, it's manifestation. Right. You know, we have the thing, and then we have the manifestation of the thing. Right. So when, you, when one, one is kind of at one with the Tao, and you're at that kind of uh, area of harmony with all that is around you, um, you have the benefits that come with that, which is the ability to kind of turn off your mind and engage in flow. Yes. And that kind of thing is where art 
comes from, yes. you know, kind of pure art, yeah. where it's where, you know, when a guy is ripping off a sweet guitar solo, yes. like, you know, he's not thinking, right? <laughs> Jimi Hendrix isn't thinking, right, about where he's putting his fingers. <laughs> no. He's just in there, you know. Um, like, when, I love that word, flow. Yes. Yeah. And in the flow. That flow. And so... And also, when you are, uh, you know, a great athlete or a great tennis player or something, you are, you know, you know where that ball's going to be hit before that before, guy before I mean, yes. it's, and you're in that kind of spot. So, and that comes from being just in tune with that kind of yes. thing, right? Um, exactly. Now, it's all about alignment. Yeah, alignment. Right. You know, because again, as human beings, we are not necessarily inherently aligned with our inner nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, many people, of course, are always looking to what? External sources of validation. Yeah. Right? Their, their, their source of happiness is outside of themselves. And, is, and, and, is, and they think that in order for them to be happy internally, they have to get this external validation of who they are. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course, that's uh, kind of chasing a... Uh, it's like chasing the wind. Right, you'll, yeah. You'll never catch it. Yeah, you're going to be very upset. <laughs> Whereas if the wind is at your back, pushing you yeah. to become that which you already truly are, but you just needed what? The momentum. And the momentum yes. comes from what? Returning to the source, aligning with the Tao, and then allowing things to take its natural manifestation because that's its nature to do so. Right. And we're when we are in alignment with that, that's the da. That's right. it. That's it. And you know, it's 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 interesting. It's uh, people who are, you know, do artistic things or performers, they often have rituals that they get into uh before they, you know, achieve their art. It was I was listening to an interview the other day with a guy, uh, Billy Corgan, a musician. And Billy mm-hmm. Corgan was saying, he goes, "You know, when I was younger, I used to think it was a bunch of malarkey when you know, the, some some performer wouldn't go on for a half hour or go on a half an hour late. He goes, now I, I think it's right because in order to give all that, you have to be in a certain amount of alignment or you have to be yes. feeling a certain way in yes. order to get in touch with the magic. Yes. You know, it's like uh, one time before a concert, I was working for K-Earth 101, a uh, radio station out here, and it was before the Beach Boys went on uh, or some amalgamation of current people uh and it was mike love the singer i went backstage and he was doing tm before he performed mm. to do to get completely you know interesting ready <laughs> and i found that creatively uh when i before i write uh i have to be in a certain mindset i have to be you know the room almost has to be a certain way it's in in, in order you, you start realizing where the kind of that that stream of good, you know, stuff comes from, and it's not from thinking. Mm-hmm. I never wrote anything really good when I was consciously mm-hmm. thinking. It's just the words <laughs> you just connected to something, yes. and it pours through you. My, my poetry is exactly the same way. Right. I've been sending you some of my, my yeah, poetry. Yeah, no, it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. It's wonderful. And uh, I, I, I literally, literally just look into the void, and then I hear. The Tao speak to me, and I just type what it's saying. Yeah. It's like <laughs> That's automatic. how I create my poetry. Yeah, <laughs> straight from the Tao. Right. 
And when when you're doing when you're when you're doing podcasts like this and stuff, and you have insights, uh, a lot of it again is just kind of uh, being aligned and being completely present and listening to the other person, and and through that, you know, come the words. Yes, you know, it's not it's not from thinking about it. Yes. In fact, I often say, no human being knows what their next thought will be. No, we don't know. We don't. <laughs> so when it comes to, do you have any, uh, uh, I guess, practical ways of kind of, okay, we know that there are ways to kind of be in line with the Tao. Um, any kind of practical ways, you know, before, you know, that the, the people can kind of get it, get in the space to, to act from that virtuous place of, of, of the day? Um. Well, yes and no. Okay. <laughs> How's that for an answer? Okay. <laughs> uh, and let me just say just a couple more things about this concept of day or da uh, from in Chinese. In um, Chinese, uh, in the West, the word de is often translated as virtue. Yeah. Uh, in Chinese philosophy, in Taoism, uh, virtue referring to oneself is kind of a this state of being uh, in, in your own inner power, in your integrity, yeah. if you will. In uh, Confucianism, <laughs> it's more of a social uh, virtue, a so social morality, okay. uh, being in the harmony with the, the way that social relationships are established, and then that creates a type of social cohesiveness, which is power. Ah, okay. Uh, and then in Buddhism... Uh, it's more of a quality, meaning merit, the virtuous deeds, uh, which then create a type of uh, alignment that creates uh, a, a kind of like an inner state of purification mm -hmm. uh, that allows one to be virtuous, yeah, right. if you will. So depending on where you're coming from, it, may, it might mean different things, you know, whether from the West, from the Chinese, Taoist, Buddhist. Confucianist, you know, everybody kind of had their take on it, right? You know, but um, I, one of I think be, because a day or da it, it implies manifestation, kind of the completion of something. I, I think that the trap is to look too far ahead to the goal, rather than as I mentioned, this kind of wind behind your back. Mm -hmm. But the wind won't be behind your back unless you've been quiet enough to feel it okay. <laughs> and to hear it. You know, wind has a power. It pushes you, but it also has a sound and it has yeah. a feel, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. You feel it. You feel it. You hear it. You sense it. And it has momentum. It pushes you. So I, I often think of day or da as like the wind. <laughs> it's right. this wind behind your and back. And finding the wind, right? <laughs> Putting out the sail. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. I, ooh, I like that. I like that, Todd. Thank yeah. you. So you got to put out the sail <laughs> in order to catch the wind. Ah, yeah. but I might as well try yeah. and catch the, the wind. wind. Right. Good old Donovan. Donovan, yeah. <laughs> One of my all-time favorite singers like and songs, yes. Uh, so I, I, I think, that, and, and that... Uh, a sale that one puts out is your inner nature. Mm -hmm. It's you being true to you. And when you put that out there so that the wind of the Tao can catch it, then that creates that power, that energy, that alignment, 
that coherence that creates the power to actually accomplish and affect the world with you, with yeah. your energy right. as part of the, of the great Tao. And, and not only that, which I do think is very important, when enough people do that and are able to therefore tap into their individual and collective unconscious creativity, that is what I think pushes an entire species and an entire culture, an entire society, an entire age into renaissance. Right. And that's what I'm calling for, folks, a new renaissance of creativity yes. in art, music, science, literature, and in politics. We need a new renaissance that is aligned with the human heart, is aligned with nature, and therefore pushes all of us towards our greater nature in harmony with the Tao and in harmony with our own innate creativity. Yeah. We need a big black monolith like <laughs> in 2001, just to drop in Los Angeles. <laughs> and we'll all stand around it and get whooshed off to the next, to the next era. Right, and, and that's kind of like the, that seal, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah really. It looks like a big seal, mm -hmm. actually. That's why I, lo I love that term. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I, I, you're talking earlier about you know people's individuality and that that sail of one's individuality catching the wind. And I find that anybody who is a true, great, transformative artist that lasts you know through all time is usually truly unique. Yes. It's a truly unique voice that cuts through everything else. Yes. And, and everybody who happens to be somebody jumping on a trend or, or whatever ends up they'll, eventually being forgotten. They'll never, they'll never last. Yeah. You've fallen by the wayside. Yeah. But the true, you know, distinct voice, there was a Jimi Hendrix earlier or Bob Dylan or Donovan, you know, great <laughs> Billy Corgan I mentioned. People it just completely, you know, they come out and right. they're polarizing because they are right. so unique and different that people can't fit them into their safe boxes and then other people just embrace them yes you know in yes. that way there's a great just as, a, as you brought up donovan <laughs> i was thinking bob dylan there's there's a quick aside there's a great moment <laughs> in the movie i think don't look back with the documentary uh, the panabaker made yeah on bob dylan yeah yes. where where they're all sitting in a hotel room and donovan pulls out his guitar and plays something he wrote and it and it's good you know it's a good song of, you know you think it's good Blah, 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 and then Dylan grabs a guitar and plays like, it's all over now, baby blue. And it's just like Donovan sitting there like, oh. Like, I just got owned. Like, he pulls out one of the most beautiful songs. Yeah, one of the most powerful songs ever written. Yeah, one of my favorite. Yeah. And then you see Donovan like just have his lunch eaten. You know, he's artistically dunked on. Even today, Dylan says, I don't. I don't know how I even wrote those things back then. Yeah, <laughs> it's just beyond me. But again, it was the the wind that is back. Right, and it just pushed him into unbelievable accomplishment. Right, uh, which of course now, uh, of course, many of us have recognized this all along, and now pretty much the world has. The man just won the Nobel Prize for Literature, right. first musician ever in history to right. do that. Incredible. Yeah, yeah un unbelievable. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes you're just uh, you, you just. You, you're in connection with something, you know? Um, so let's see here. Okay. So now your job, listener, is to take this information and do something great.
<laughs> your your job, <laughs> your take, mission. Your, should you decide to accept it? Should you decide? That's part of it. <laughs> that's the first step in the day is to be the great you in a harmony and alignment with the great Tao. I know. The you know it's funny. The 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 older I get, the more and more and more I see the value. And it may be you know it's doing this, but also there's there's a there's doing this is studying the Tao, and there's maybe a reason I've been attracted to the Tao. But I I find myself more and more shedding anything that is not doesn't feel honest or true to mm. me or mm. I feel like I cribbed somewhere else mm. or you know I just like getting closer and closer to being more of a free person unencumbered by other people's ideologies or anything you know uh, and I find that the, the, the cl- farther you go in that direction the, the happier you are ah uh. Back to Dylan. Right. <laughs> He's never far away. Right. Ah, but I was so much older yeah. then. I'm younger yeah. than that now. Right. My back yes. pages. Right. Oh, it's a great song. <laughs> George Harrison did a good version of that at some tribute. Yeah, concert. yeah. There yeah. was a whole bunch of people on stage. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jim McGuinn, you know, the birds. And oh, yeah. I was an incredible performance. Yeah. I had that on my DVR. <laughs> throw that on tonight. Uh, he not busy being born is busy dying. If he if he only wrote that one line, he would be <laughs> he'd be immortal just from that alone. Yes, with that tattooed on my neck. Or something. So let's get to chapter thirty seven. Like a prison tattoo. Right? Yes, yes, still in lyrics. Was it? There's you a, could do worse. Yeah, is that movie? That movie with like Will Ferrell has a tattoo in Sanskrit right on his neck. And he goes, what does that mean? And he goes, it's Sanskrit for make reasonable choices. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> All right. Chapter 37 of the Tao Te Ching as, wait, yeah, 37 as selected by Dr. Cotton. All right. Chapter 37 says, Tao abides in non-action, yet nothing is left undone. If kings and lords observe this, the 10,000 things would develop naturally. If they still desired to act, they would return to the simplicity of formless substance. Without form, there is no desire. Without desire, there is tranquility. And in this way, all things would be at peace. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. And, uh, oh, gosh, I mean, we could spend probably several months, maybe years, just discussing this one passage. Yeah. There's so much in here. Yeah. It's kind of like all the Tao really is in here. Right. And certainly Day, I think, is in there too. By simply following the Tao, being in harmony with our inner nature, as it aligns with the Tao, we exhibit our virtue, our manifested strength, without struggle or attachment. And there's enormous power inherent in following our path with simplicity and integrity, thus creating the space which is actually natural to manifest in its fullness. That's this Tao abides in non-action, yet nothing is undone. And, of course, kings and lords, the politicians, if they observe this, the 10,000 things would happen naturally. Instead, they usually have an agenda. And their agenda, unfortunately, usually is for sale to the highest bidder. Yeah. (laughs) It has nothing to do with what's natural or what's good for the people or what's going to create harmony and prosperity for the greater good, but what's going to create profits 
for a particular corporation yes. or, or industry, yes. unfortunately. Well, it's like <laughs> yeah, the, the president in his first week, first week, one of the first things he signs is like allowing companies to dump chemicals into it. I don't think, I have a negative opinion of Donald Trump, but I don't think actually he woke up in the morning going, we should pollute more. <laughs> I don't think he actually thought that, but someone who cut him a check. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 yeah, because they were thinking about, uh, you know, their profits, uh, not not how many people are going to get, uh, you know, cancer or, you know, liver failure or whatever down the road. Right. You know, and I, I doubt seriously if even the people who voted uh, for him uh, want their children to get cancer. No, because the uh, water and air and soil is uh, contaminated. Right. I, 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 you know, but, but see that that's what happens. I think when we don't, you know, fully look at the consequences of our actions. You know, if, if I do this, what is that going to create down there, down right. the road? You know, and um, you know, and everything is in the flow. It's going down the road. Right. And so if you don't see where the road is going, your life would fall off the cliff. <laughs> right. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, learning how to be in harmony with nature and um, using that awareness to sensitize ourselves, to follow our breath, to follow our energy, so that it is informed by the energy of the great Tao mm -hmm. uh, is, is the way. And then it, 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 there's no struggle. When nothing is done, nothing mm -hmm. remains undone. undone. Yes. It just happens magically. Right. The greatest leaders humbly and with humility just create those conditions. And uh, they, they don't need to take credit. The, the thing is, uh, t is a credit in and of itself. Yeah. You know, they, they don't need to boast, brag, uh, claim to be anything. No. Uh, it speaks for itself. You're right. Almost like the Tao. Like the Tao. You know, uh, f flavorless, but, you know, uh, and, and, and powerful. Uh, the, um, and, you know, if, if you talk about, you talk about, like, you know, the kings and the lords who are interfering with kind of the natural harmony that people find. Like, it's, it's interesting, the, the film The Breakfast Club, right? Mm. You have the kind of five teenagers from different walks of life mm -hmm. and different cliques all get stuck in a room together. And once they get stuck in a room together, eventually all the kind of group, in-group, out-group animosity that they have dissipates and they all realize their kind of common humanity right. and, and work together. Right. Right? And I feel like that's a wonderful metaphor for life when we get rid of these kind of us and them thinking and everything, and you stick everybody in a room, eventually they find a natural harmony yes. and a natural cohesion and a natural empathy for each other. Yes. But when we get interfered with by authority figures that are trying to divide people up or trying to here point at them, they're the problem, and all this, then we create, we create negative karma, we create bad group cohesion, we create disharmony. We create disharmony. Yeah. And the, the thing is, lots of these, most of the, all of these on some level, uh, people in authority, you know, you never really asked me for these people to be lorded over me <laughs> or to be lorded over my neighbor <laughs> or to, you know, how much authority is actually earned or legitimate, mm -hmm. right? I didn't, I didn't participate in lots of the lawmaking. I didn't 
participate in the arbitrary borders that we have. They didn't ask your opinion. <laughs> no one asked my, but, but I got to live by it or else I'll get locked up, right? And, you know, it's if you realize just how arbitrary it is, it really gets, I kind of had an awakening recently where, <laughs> I mean, maybe I don't like authority that much, but <laughs> I, I just see the arbitrary authority and I did, like, you know, what, you know, and then the, the arbitrary authority that leaders have to next, you're gonna be singing Johnny Rotten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to be anarchy. Anarchy in the UK. That's right. <laughs> well, just like the other day, I saw a, I saw a guy you no know, post on social media who's normally a, a person to person, a very warm, seemingly nice human being, but then just spouting off kind of party line negativity, mm. anti kind of LGBT kind of stuff, mm. and I was thinking, I doubt he. Even at least, like, or even really cared until the people in power started telling him that that's how he's supposed to think. The right. guy on the radio right. and kind of putting in these negative beliefs into his mind. Right. Um, and, and you just see that, again, the power of authority to change people's minds mm -hmm. and, and, and divide them. And, and when I'm sure that if he was in a room with any of those people he was disparaging, he'd find them to be wonderful people right. or not anyone he'd want to right. have a problem with. But right. just getting brainwashed yeah. by yeah, people try to people start to buy the party line, so to speak. Yeah, you know, so which is something set outside of themselves, which has nothing to do with their own daily life and experience. No, you know, uh, because like you said, they probably find it's just like me. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they want the same things I do. Right. You know, and uh, and and they're, they're not the other. Right. You know, we're we're all the same. We're right. all much more alike than we are different. That's true. You Very know, true. We all have two eyes, two ears, two nostrils, a mouth, a heart, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Not everyone. Not everyone. <laughs> Some have had a lot of heart transplants. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Um, so, in, you know, the, uh, the, the Tao is already naturally creating harmony. You yes. know, it's already and so to when when you interfere, you're going to create these 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 problems. Um, without form, there is no desire. It's, it's interesting. I'm trying to get to the they they would return to the simplicity of formless substance, and that's maybe li living purely and living without these distinctions and divisions. Almost back to that uncarved block. Yes, yes. right. <laughs> the uncarved block. Where you're, and, and in that uncarved block state, you are judging people for who they are, not for what they represent on mm -hmm. the political spectrum or what they represent mm -hmm. lifestyle-wise or anything. You're judging them as a good or bad person. Yes. Good or bad actor. Right. You know, if, you know. I, I, and it bothered me with the, the idea of singling out transgendered people in bathrooms because uh, a bad thing can happen in a bathroom from a heterosexual person, from a, regardless <laughs> of one's gender identification, <laughs> a bad thing can happen to a bathroom, <laughs> regardless, and it's not these people causing the problem. You know? No, I, I don't, I've never heard of a single tra transgendered person causing a problem in a bathroom. Right. I've heard of uh, several politicians causing problems in bathrooms. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> other places. And, hetero <laughs> and heterosexual people causing problems. Oh, and yeah, most of them have been, in fact. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we, we you know, we, we get 
you know, people throw throw things around as if they're true just because it um, is in accord with their agenda. Yes. <laughs> And my thing is, my, my only problem in the bathroom is people who don't wash their hands. That's, <laughs> I don't care what your gender is in the bathroom. Just wash your hands and yeah. flush the toilet. Right. And, of course, women want you to uh, put down the toilet seats. Yeah, <laughs> you know, actually, I, I will end the show. And this has nothing to do with the doubt, but I, I solved the, the toilet seat issue no. with, with my wife. I, I scored one for... The Dow of toilet seats. Yes. <laughs> a lot of toilet talk in the last two shows. But I told my, my wife's like, you know what? I like it when you put the toilet seat down. And I say it's easier for me if the toilet seat is up. <laughs> I like it up because it's easier for me to do my business. And so I say, you know what? Sometimes it's going to be up. Sometimes it's going to be down. Sometimes I got to lift. Sometimes you got to lift. Why are you? Why should I cater to your needs more than me and me more than you? I have the solution, Todd. Yes. You did say you had two bathrooms. Yeah. <laughs> the yin and yang. Thank you for listening to What's This Town All About. Ah, it's a lot of fun. Yes.